Good morning, everyone, and we're glad that you're here this morning. I took a lesson out of the archives and kind of reworked it a little bit, and hopefully it brings some things to mind this morning that will benefit us in our, in our uh, daily Christian living. In Luke, the ninth chapter, we take our text for our lesson this morning, verses 57 through 62, and we'll comment more on these and get more detailed into these later on in the lesson. But the story is here, now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me go first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. <clears throat> These individuals <clears throat> still wanted to have their connections to other things instead of surrendering to Jesus. They wanted to make a commitment, but they didn't want really to surrender. There was conditions to what the invitation was to them. So many of us want to have full control in our lives. You know, it, it just seems like <clears throat> when we lose control of what's going on in our life, things fall apart and it sometimes just turns into a wreck. But we like to have control of our lives and we like to be the ones in control. And sometimes some may even call you a control freak because you want to have every little thing done in your life a certain little way. And, but some refuse to surrender too much of anything, and especially to God. But also, many who have been baptized into Jesus refuse to surrender to control, to the control of Jesus in their lives as well. A common phrase in the church today is, I'm going to make a commitment. But they refuse to surrender to the control of Jesus in their lives. You've heard it said, and we've all maybe said it, you know, that person needs to be more committed to this or to that. People need to be more committed to their jobs. They need to be more committed to their families. They need, need to be more committed to all different kinds of things. But when you really look at the word committed, you'll find that that word committed doesn't really go far enough to what we're talking about this morning. Committed is defined as a promise to do or give something. A promise to be loyal to someone or something. In other words, marriage vows. The attitude of someone who works very hard to do or support something. Committed to a certain cause. There are all kinds of commitments that we make these days. You, make, you may make a commitment. You're willing to, to be the one in control of, of this or that. And... And a person can make a commitment to, to pray more and to study their Bible more. Uh, maybe make their, their house payment or their car payment. Whatever you choose to do, we commit ourselves to doing it. But surrendering is different. 
If someone holds a gun to your head and you lift your hands up in the air and they tell you to surrender, you've given up control. You're not in control anymore. You're surrendering to them. You can't just say, well, I'm committed to do what you tell me to do. I'm going to make that commitment to you if they hold a gun up and tell you to put your hands in the air. No, what you're going to do is surrender. You're giving up everything that you want to do, and now you're going to do what they want you to do. Our problem is that we still want to be the ones that maintain control in our lives and continue to work and struggle at serving God. We keep trying to fight against God for the control of our lives, and we keep making a mess out of everything, always expecting a, re a, a different result each time. Surrender means that we give up to God. No more fighting or conflict. Why is it that some think that, that they can keep doing the same thing and expect a different result? You know, that's the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and over, expecting a different result. Thinking they will make a commitment after this time or that time, or, you know, I'm going to give this up next time. The next time this happens, then I'll do the right thing but never making the changes that result in a different outcome. Never giving up the battle that goes on in their lives. And what happens in their lives is it just turns into an absolute train wreck. Sometimes we counsel those people. We try to get them to understand you can't keep doing that. But they want to make a commitment if they can just eventually get it right, you see. We have enough commitment in the church today. What we need is surrender, complete surrender to Jesus Christ. It seems maybe contradictory for us to, for people to think that when we surrender that we're actually doing the right thing. Because, you know, when we think about surrendering, we think, that, well, I lost the battle. I've given up. You know, when we, when we think about surrendering, we think of countries and battles against each other. And when they wave the, the white flag and surrender, they're giving up and now someone else is con in control. That's what happens. But when we surrender our lives to God, when we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, we are the winners. We're not giving up anything. We give it over to God and to Jesus Christ. We are not the losers. When we fully trust God, fully surrender to him, we are the winners. Submission and surrender doesn't make us a prisoner. In fact, it frees us from the bondage of sin. Notice Romans 8 and verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Surrender is defined as to agree to stop fighting, hiding, resisting. And so on, because you know that you will not win or succeed. To give oneself up into the power of another, to yield. It means we give up the fight. We're not fighting anymore. We give in to the control of someone else in our life. You know, we don't like that. People today, we don't like giving up and giving in to someone else. We find that this is a problem within, within the, the marriage life today, that one wants to win and the other one wants to win and they just go head to head all the time and all it is is just a big mess. 
Whereas if one would give in or both would give in and see what the, the, the benefit is for the other, things would certainly work out better. To acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Master of our lives, to surrender to him, gives us power. Power in our lives to let someone else help us, guide us, lead us in the right way. Accepting the authority of someone or something else. There is power in surrender to God. It's not accepting defeat. To surrender means to end the fight, the struggles. There's no more argument, no more fighting God. It's when we realize that his way is better than our way. You know, I've had times in, in our lives that we, we think that we're right about something and we just stand the ground with it and then come to find out we were wrong and that somebody else was right. Well, God is always right. God is always right. And we need to give in to that. The opposite of surrender is to live in rebellion. Rebellion means opposition toward a person in authority. We see a lot of rebellion today, don't we? We see it in the news. We see it everywhere that people don't like authority. And that's part of the problem with the world is they don't want to turn the authority over to God. They've taken God out of, out of the schools. They've taken God out of the families. They've taken God out of all different kinds of things. And then we wonder why there are so many problems in the world. They don't like the authority of God and have not surrendered to God. And when we rebel on one thing, it usually turns into many things. And we see that happening today as well. Whatever it is that you're holding on to that's keeping us from surrendering is not something that's eternal. If there's something that's keep you, keeping you today from surrendering to Jesus and surrendering to God, it's only a temporal thing. It's things. And it's not eternal. It's fleshly and it's worldly and it's temporal. We must start doing things God's way. The world we live in and the people we are around put so much trust in our own intelligence and education. Others think that trusting the Lord is not, and, and not our own understanding is, is, is crazy. Why would you... Why would you turn your trust over to something that you can't see? And they try to reason out all of these things. If they can't pick up just any old book and read about it or, or whatever and prove it false, well, why, why would you believe something like that? Why would you have faith in God? Why would you have faith in heaven? Why would you have faith that baptism saves your soul? And they think you're crazy. But this is the center of what it means to surrender. Is trusting in our God and not our own understanding or anyone else's understanding. I hear and read of so many that are worried and concerned of the things that are going on in this world today. And they find themselves struggling to cope with what's going on today in life. Because... 
the way of the world is the way that the world is going doesn't make sense to them. Well, it doesn't have to make sense to us when our trust is in God. What goes on in this world doesn't make sense. What goes on in life doesn't make sense and is not fair and is not right and is not trustworthy. And what men tell you and what men reason with you about in this life doesn't make sense and is not trustworthy. If we're putting all our trust in the things of this world, it's in the wrong place. A surrendered Christian acknowledges God at every step, living a life of total trust in His power, in His plan, in His will. In order to comprehend and experience surrender to God, obedience to the gospel is a requirement. The lost and rebellious person must have faith, Hebrews 11 and verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If I'm going to surrender myself to Jesus and to God, I must have faith in God that he, he can and will do what he has promised he will do. Absolutely. We must repent of our lives. Luke 13 and verse 3, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. A rebellious person must make the confession of faith in Jesus as the Son of God. Matthew 10 and verse 32. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. And then the rebellious person must repent and be baptized and then be baptized for the remission of his sins. Acts 2 and verse 38. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is the acceptance of a new master, a Lord. Lord means master. When we have a master, we subject and we surrender to that master. We do his will. We do his, we, he is the one that is in control. Luke 9 and verse 23. And he said to them, All, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You know, this is a hard thing for us to do is to deny ourselves. You know, we want. <laughs> we live in a world that is selfish. I want this, I want that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Not if the Lord is willing, but we live in a selfish, selfish world where everyone wants to do what they want to, and that's a hard thing for them to do is to deny themselves. To surrender to Jesus means that there has to be room for Jesus in their life. If a person says that they're committed to Jesus but has not turned away from their old ways, there's no room for the surrender and replacement of the old ways. It's like trying to put 10 pounds of dirt in a five pound bag. If, there's, if it's already full of, of dirt, you can't put anything in it. If there's no room in the, in the person's heart for Jesus, 
then you can't replace what is in there. You have to take out the old before you can put in the new. And so it is with the Christian living. We have to die for, from ourselves so that Christ can live and work within us. If we're all stuck on ourselves and we're all taking care of ourselves and all of our own selfish desires all the time, and that's all that controls our life, there's no room for Jesus in our life because it's all about us. It's all about me. There's no room for Jesus. The Bible teaches that Christian has to put off the old ways, the way, old way of thinking and speaking and living and doing, and make room for Christ. Notice Galatians 5 and verse 24. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. That means those are gone. Romans 6 and 6, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Trusting God that his way is best is the beginning of our surrender to him. Notice Proverbs 3 and verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Be led. He has made the path. He is leading us down that path. All we need to do is follow him. Put our trust and faith in him. There have been people that I have followed sometimes on roads and this and that, and, and you wonder, what in the world are they doing? Where are they going? Some dark road or some dark trail? I remember one time when we were out deer hunting in Oregon. Late in the afternoon, Got the truck stuck. Couldn't get out of there. I knew where a house was about a mile away. And we started off in the dark headed towards that house. Neither one of us really knew where we were going. But all of a sudden we saw a light from that house. I knew where I was going. Jesus is our light. Jesus is our pathway. Jesus is our way. Unless we surrender up over to him and let him lead us down this path, we will be dead, led down a path of, of sin and righteous living. Getting back to our text, <clears throat> there are three things I would like to notice about surrendering to Jesus. As first, we must submit our life to Jesus. We must deny this world and we must focus on the kingdom. First, we must submit our life to Jesus. In our text, Luke 9 and verse 57, now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Now Jesus wasn't saying to this man, uh, you know, turning him away, he was explaining to him the cost of being a disciple. He makes it clear that there was more to following him than just simply going wherever he went and walking around with him, that there was going to be a cost. 
Foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, do you understand what you're doing when you make this surrender to me? Many times we find people who get caught up in the excitement and the emotion of hearing a lesson or whatever, but they're not really willing to, to surrender their life over to Jesus. They just kind of get emotional about things and they, they want to get things fixed in their life. They just want to get things fixed, but they don't want to surrender. James and John surrendered to Jesus after, after he called them. Notice Mark 1 and verses 19 and 20. When he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he, came, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. Dropped what they were doing and went. Jesus called James and John, and they surrendered their lives to him. They left their home, their families, their job to follow Christ. They left everything. When Jesus calls us to come to him, we must submit to him. And we are to live a life of complete surrender to our Savior. All the apostles... did that. They didn't go back to their fishing or their, their collecting taxes or whatever it was that they were doing. They followed Jesus until the day they died for Jesus. And you know, God requires things of us sometimes that we just don't want to give up. In verse 59 and 60 of our text, we see that, that if we're going to completely surrender, then we must deny this world. Verse 59, then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Now, this first individual we noticed previously made an offer to Jesus. He says, I'll follow you wherever you go. But Jesus now invites this person to follow him. He receives an offer from Jesus. We have an opportunity to follow Jesus. He said to this man, follow me. Jesus offers a man the opportunity to follow him, an invitation to follow him. And the same word Jesus said to Peter and James and John and Andrew, Matthew, Thomas, and others, he said to this man. Jesus is still calling men today to follow him. The last invitation in the Bible says... In Revelation 22 and verse 17, in the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Jesus is calling today. He's inviting everyone to come follow him. There's still an opportunity. But in this verse, we also see that we still put obstacles in the way of following Jesus. Jesus gave this man an invitation, and the man wanted to accept it, but he had something that was so important to him that he needed to get taken care of. He said, Lord, let me go bury my father, and then I'm yours. Jesus is telling this man to, to let the spiritually dead bury the dead. 
And what is it that hinders us from surrendering to Jesus today? There are three things I believe that hinder us from surrendering to Jesus today. Personal desires, family obligations, social expectations. What about personal desires? There are some things in this life that we just want to accomplish. You know, there's nothing wrong with accomplishing things in your life. Absolutely not. There's nothing wrong with your children accomplishing things. There's nothing wrong with your spouse accomplishing things in this life. Absolutely not. But when those things hinder us from surrendering to Jesus, when we let our own personal uh, aspirations get in our way, then there's problems. There are places we want to go. Yeah, there are things that, that we want to see. There are goals that we want to reach. There are things that we want to do. And because of these things, sometimes we refuse to surrender everything to Jesus Christ because I need to do that. I need to get that out of my system. Or I want to accomplish that. Well, there's this going on over here to serve. We need, no, 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 I, I got this, this other thing to do. We like the idea of peace and joy and eternal life, but we want to live this life for ourselves. We've made our life here on earth so comfortable for ourselves that, you know, I, I want to do things my way for now. So we let our personal desires get in our way, and we let our family obligations get in our way, and our social expectations get in our way. What about the family obligations? <clears throat> we can understand there was where this man is coming from. His father had passed away and he wanted to go bury him. The problem is not that he wanted to bury his father. The problem is that he was giving Jesus a postponed commitment instead of complete surrender. I'll go follow you, but I'll serve you, but... I need to do this. I need to do that. I want to do this. I want to do that. How does that happen in our lives? I know I need to serve you, Lord, but anytime that word but comes in, there's a problem. Why don't we just serve? Instead of always doing what we want to do first. So many people put their family in front of Jesus. They can't serve or honor the responsibilities in the church because their children have so much going on. They can't do the work of the Lord because they put the relationships to their spouse before the relationship with Jesus. Jesus makes it clear that if you're going to be his disciple, you cannot let family come between you and him. Luke 14 and 26 if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and, si brothers and sisters, yes, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, we've heard it said time and time again, that doesn't mean that we hate our family. That means that we love them less than we love God. So he says, if you're doing things to where your family is getting in the way of your service to God, you can't be my disciple. Sometimes this causes a whole lot of pain and a lot of trouble and problems in the family. 
When one individual wants to surrender to God or to Jesus and the other doesn't. We have attach, uh, attachments with our families but which sometimes make a decision to surrender to Jesus very painful. Then there are the social expectations. I wonder if this man thought to himself, what will my friends and neighbors think if I don't bury my father? You know, too, people, too many people, I've seen people get concerned about what their spouse is going to think if they turn their life over to God and to Jesus. They worry about their friends, how it's going to impact their friendship with others. Listen to what the Apostle John says, had to say in 1 John 2 and verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lusts of it. And he who does the will of God abides forever. So if you desire complete surrender, you must deny this world and the things that are in it and focus on things above. And that's the next part of our text, to focus on the kingdom of God. And he said, and another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. After submitting to the Lord and denying the world, then our lives will be Christ's and not ours. You know, we don't, we don't necessarily like that statement that when I, when I give my life to God and give my life to Jesus and I'm baptized into Christ for the remission of my sins, that my life is not mine anymore, it's someone else. We don't like that, do we? We don't like giving ourself and our wills over to someone else. We think we're giving up, we're, we're, we're losing. No, we're winning. We're winning. Our life is not our own anymore. You know what? Jesus died on the cross for us so that we could have the hope of eternal salvation. The least I can do is serve him. How selfish of me to want the blessing of salvation and not serve. How selfish of us. We are to be a living sacrifice. Romans 12 and verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Our life is not ours anymore. If we want the blessing of our sins being washed away, it is not our life anymore. We are bought with the price of the blood of Christ. It is not our life anymore. And if we are not willing to give our life and surrender to Jesus Christ, then we don't get the blessing. It must be a surrender. It must be giving up our will to serve 
him and to focus on the kingdom of God. Verse 61 says, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bury, uh, go and bid them farewell who are at my house. It involves finding and, 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 and fixing those things that are priorities in our life that Jesus and God is the priority of our life. You see, this man wanted to serve, but he had conditions. He said, but let me go do this first. I will follow you after I tell everyone goodbye. He wanted to set his affairs in order, and this man had too much attachment to the things that are in the world. And this is a common issue in the lives of many today. Misplaced priorities. When they feel the time is right, when they finish sowing their wild oats, excuse me, what did I do? Yeah. After they've taken care of certain things and after they've cleaned themselves up, when it's more convenient for them. So many Christians fail to give their all because it's not really a priority. They want to serve God on their terms. And this is the world we live in today that they'll serve, but what do I get out of it? Well, you get a home in heaven. That's what he's promised us for serving. We get a home in heaven. Do we get all the pain of this life taken away? No. Do we get all the disappointment of this life taken away? No. Do we get to enjoy ourselves in this life? Yes. Does our life have to be miserable in this world? No. It's as miserable as you want to make it. You can live a sinful life and you can be just absolutely make yourself totally miserable. But serving God, we get a home in heaven if we surrender ourselves to him. So what is our priority? Our focus on the kingdom evolves a clear perception of where we're going. Verse 62, and Jesus said to him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. When, when plowing, a farmer has to keep his eyes on the on the work at hand. He has to keep his eye on the end of the row. And when he looks away, they instantly stray off course. And those who look back at their life, their old life, and not focus on the kingdom of heaven, they run off track. And you know, when, we're, when we do that as well, we're not, we're not able to help others to stay on track as well either. We've seen so many people that put their hand to the plow and then they turn and look back at the old life and start living that again as well, or they went back. This lesson is illustrated so well in the hymn, I Surrender All, that is so familiar to us. All to Jesus I surrender, humbly at his feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken, take me Jesus, take me now. All to Jesus I surrender, Lord I give myself to thee. Fill me with thy love and power, 
let thy blessing fall on me. I surrender all, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. That's not some, that's not when, that's not if, that's just a surrender. I surrender all my time, all my, my life, all my pleasures I give up, all my wishes I give up, all my desires I give up, my family I give up. I give it all to you and I surrender my life to you in service to you. So the Christian, have we truly surrendered all to God and to the lost? What is hindering you from surrendering to Jesus today? Give up your will in complete submission to God. Quit fighting God. Give up to him. You'll never be happy until you deny yourself. We can't enjoy our walk with the Father until we stop being in opposition to him. Notice 1 John 1 and verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. I want to mention a couple of quotes, one by A.W. Tozer. The reason why many are still troubled, still seeking, still making little forward progress is because they haven't yet come to the end of themselves. We're still trying to give, give orders and interfere with God's work within us. And also Rick Warren, you cannot fulfill God's purpose for your life while focusing on your own plans. In other words, there's no room for God. You know, I've had people tell me that they're, they're worried about their soul. They seem, sometimes feel like they've made no headway. They're not making any progress in their life. They've been thinking about it a lot, worrying about it a lot. They've been maybe searching the scriptures and, and praying about it, receiving counsel about it. But they're still struggling to correct the things in their life and get it right. And it's very possible that the reason that they haven't made any progress is because they haven't just given it over to God. They haven't surrendered. They made a commitment, but they didn't surrender to God. Can we make the statement in conclusion this morning? In Jeremiah 26 and verse 14. As for me, here I am in your hand. Do with me as seems good and right. Let me serve you, God. Let me serve you. Let me surrender my life to you. The lesson is yours. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. 
and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.